Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. What a blessing. Well, you know, it's it's Father's Day weekend, and I have a message that I think that is fitting for this holiday, but honestly, the message applies to everyone here, uh, not just fathers, so don't, please, don't, please don't tune out if you're not a father. It's, it's directed to everybody. How? Well, let's, we'll talk about that. Uh, first, I have to say, of course, being this weekend, I have a great dad. Uh, a lot of you know my dad. He's the retired uh, rabbi here. He was the founding rabbi. Uh, and uh, I know many of you love Rabbi E and appreciate him. And it's interesting. Uh, some people say, Rabbi E, what's his name? Ed or, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, the E stands for emeritus. He's the, uh, which emeritus is an honorary position of esteem for somebody who's been in the position a long time. So Rabbi E means Rabbi Emeritus. Years ago when he retired, everybody started calling him Rabbi E. Uh, and so a lot of you love Rabbi Ian, appreciate him. Uh, if, if I'm being completely, with, we're all mishpacha here, he's been struggling a good bit lately, to be honest with you, been struggling. And in many ways, he's been having kind of a tough time this year, just to be honest with you. And, uh, but wow, what an impact he has made on this world. What an impact for sure. And, and of course, on me and my siblings specifically, what an impact uh, he has made on all of us. And if it wasn't for him, none of you would be here today. <laughs> none of you would be watching today or listening on the podcast. And so uh, he has had an influence, little do you know it, even on your lives in some small or large way. Uh, and so uh, Rabbi E is a blessing. We're going to start in Numbers chapter 12, please. Number 12, number 12. Anybody got the bingo card? Number 12. <laughs> Okay, in Numbers chapter 12, the children of Israel were nearing the promised land the first time. <laughs> and, uh, and, and during this time, it's interesting, the Torah portion was Korach, of course. But this was a different kind of, I mean, boy, Moses. Man, that, that Messianic leader had rebellion all the time. Good grief, man. There were a lot of people who didn't like that dude. and uh, or, or at least were kind of pushing him some, including his own kin. <laughs> Miriam and Aaron, uh, his uh, big sister and brother, uh, they also were speaking against Moses. Moshe, oh, you got to be kidding me. What are they doing? Let me tell you, when they spoke some against Moses, God was not pleased. He was not pleased. That's, that's strong 
uh, statement. And, and as we read just a little bit of this story, we're not going to read the entire thing. What I want for you to do is I want, you, I want for you to focus a little bit on the tone of God, God's tone, and just feel a little bit of what his tone is, more than the specifics of it, which are important, but not for what I'm trying to get across today. Listen to God's tone. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, then Miriam and Aaron, uh, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses on account of the Cushite woman he married because he had married a Cushite woman. They asked, has Adonai spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? Adonai heard it. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I mean, they were prophets too. We read that in the scripture, and surely what they're saying was not inaccurate, but what they were saying was not at all the right tone. Uh, and, and so when God heard it, we'll skip down to verse 6, listen to the tone of, of God, uh, God's response, because he gathered them together. And verse 6 says, Hear now my words, he, being God, said. When there's a prophet of Adonai, I reveal myself in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. In all my house, he is faithful. I speak with him face to face, plainly and not in riddles. He even looks at the form of Adonai. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Adonai's anger burned against them and he left them. Whew, mama mia, I get chills when I read that. Whew, man, I feel like I just got a pow pow. <laughs> That's what we called it in our home growing up. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like that was some serious discipline going on. Can, can, can you imagine? I mean, listen, God was not happy with Miriam and Aaron for sure. When I listen to God's tone here, it's clear that he is speaking as Almighty God. As Almighty God. Man, there is some serious authority in the words that he's using right here. Can you imagine how they were quaking in their boots when God was correcting them? I mean, I could just, wow, boy, I don't even know if I want to watch the replay of that one in heaven. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, that, that when he said, how, you know, how could you, you know, how were you not afraid to speak it? They were probably like, <laughs> it was an old TV commercial, you know, you want to get away. I bet they wanted to get away at that moment. It's like, uh, what, who, us? Did we say something? Did you say something? No, I said, no, I think it must have been you. Oh, no. Man, they saw, remember, they saw what he had done to the Egyptians just a few weeks earlier. <laughs> and so, you know, they were probably thinking, oh, no. I mean, uh, wow. That, that, that must have been an intense moment where they were flipping out a bit. And as the ringleader, uh, Miriam, who clearly contextually was the ringleader of this, the older sister, Miriam was given sa'arat uh, or leprosy. Uh, and even despite Moses' request, God let her have it for seven days as discipline and to teach a lesson there. But considering everything, considering everything, considering everything they had just seen in Egypt and all that whole 
uh, scenario, you have to think that they were thankful as they were surely scared straight. You know, <laughs> they were like, well, the, okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to be good. We're going to be good, right? Scriptures say, friends, that God, Almighty God, is the righteous judge, and he surely is, amen? And he will judge each and every one of us. There can be no question about that. Man, I hear a story like that, and it's just, uh, you know, the, the musicians earlier say, saying, we choose the fear of the Lord. We know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, according to Proverbs. We know. And, and, but, but friends, there is a reason to fear the Lord, not, not in a, being like a, a totally afraid, but a reverential fear, knowing that he is that. He is almighty God. He is the judge. I remember, <laughs> I remember when my dad would sometimes speak to me as a child. And I remember sometimes when I disobeyed my dad. Now, for those of you who don't know my dad, he has, and certainly had, a booming, deep voice. And as a kid, let me tell you, just his voice alone was intimidating. I'm telling you, no question. Kevin. <laughs> Especially when you know you did something you shouldn't have done. When you know you disobeyed and, and, and you're just going about your way and all of a sudden, Kevin. It's, it's like, you know, you think it's like, wow, is that from heaven? Oh, Lord, what's it going <laughs> to Something's coming down. <laughs> oh man, I was hoping just maybe tsaraat, you know, uh, you know, just not too bad, please. That's bad, by the way, of course. Whoa, what exactly is going to be happening here? And oftentimes, as a kid, my opinion may or may not have been taken into account. Right? At the end of the day, what he said went. Right, you know that, that. You know that was that. You know, I was a kid. I was a kid. He was loving. He was loving, and and surely he was right. But he was strong. You know what I'm saying. And and obviously, my dad obviously was not God, but it was almost like this authority figure that ruled. Okay. We, I can see some parallels in tone to what we just read in Numbers chapter 12 at times. Not perfect, my dad, of course. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Whew. I remember. Mm. Sometimes, whew, boy, wanted to get away. And I, <laughs> Richard remembers my, my dad in his heyday. Ooh boy. I used to <laughs> I used to be slightly entertained when when uh, when we first opened the the gym, the MJCC with the big gymnasium and everything next door. We had like the grand opening and you know, we've always had the sanctuary building in here and of course you you try to take care and it be 
you know, reverence for the Lord in it, and you know, not that yeah, it's it's not a, a, a you know building that we worship. It's the God of the building, right? Right. But the uh, the occupant, if I could put it that way. But but still, you know, you you show some reverence. But we built the gymnasium. But my dad was so used to, uh, you know, keeping everything kind of cool. Uh, that I remember toward the beginning, uh, there were a whole bunch of kids running around the gym, and my dad was like, hey, 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 come here, come here, kid, come here. And he'd give him the, you know, the, the, the pulling finger and, hey, come here, come here. You need to stop running. Don't run in here. And my mom said to him, Robert, it's a gymnasium. <laughs> kids, kids are supposed to run in here. I mean, it's a gymnasium. And like, oh, what? What? I heard, oh, 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 okay, okay, Dottie, okay. <laughs> then he's like, oh, okay, you're okay. Go ahead and run. That's fine. But but <laughs> it was just so in him, you know, because in here, you know, you, you know, don't want to get, you understand what I'm saying. That was just kind of his nature. Phil, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says this. It says, my God will fulfill every need of yours according to the riches of his glory in Messiah Yeshua. Ooh, amen is right. Come on now. Now you all ought to be saying amen to that one. If you want the dear Lord to fulfill all your needs according to his riches and glory, amen. Okay, man, now that's one to amen. I mean, listen, there's some that we just kind of say, yeah, that's true, but I don't know if I want to amen. God will judge us. Okay, yes, he will, but ooh, boy, I don't know about amen too quick on that. Okay, yeah, well, this one we go amen, right? We want to hey, supply all my needs, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I love that our God provides for us. He will fulfill our needs. Friends, as I pointed out before, the word of says that God will provide every need. Now, remember, Gosh, you know this. All too often, our needs and our wants do not match. See, and that's a little bit of the difference, okay? God does not say in this scripture, I will supply all your wants uh, according to I know he says, I'll supply all your needs. You know, he, does, he does give us many of our wants, of course. And there, we read about that elsewhere, but he'll supply all of our needs, what we need. And oftentimes... <laughs> Oftentimes, what we need, we do not want. Oftentimes, oftentimes. You know, Miriam and Aaron needed discipline. They didn't want it. Okay. And, and much the same with us. At the same time, God is faithful to provide for us and to take care of us. He says he will provide for us. He will, he will take care of us, my friends. God sustained us in the desert for 40 years wandering around. We talked about manna a few weeks ago, right, James? The God, God provided for our people, even with food in a desert for 40 years, didn't let the sandals wear out. He provides, it's in his nature to provide for our needs, my friends. God provided a Messiah to come. God provides for us food. He provides for us shelter. God is a provider, is he not? Amen. And we say what? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being a provider. Our God is a provider to us. Thank God he is. I remember growing up and, and such, my dad was also a solid provider. 
He really was. He was a solid provider. He was a hard worker, made, made sure we always had food and shelter, if you will. You know, we didn't have all the fancy vacations or the fancy clothes or the fancy cars, but friends, dad made sure that we were taken care of. He made sure we were taken care of. I, I recall sometimes special treats that he'd even provide for us growing up, like taking us to Wendy's for a Frosty after weekly services. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful memory. It's, uh, you know, getting that, getting that little Frosty, and it was just such a blessing. And he helped me with school. He helped me with the first car. It wasn't a Mercedes, okay? It was, an, to tell you what kind of a car it was, it was orange. <laughs> I can't make that up. I can't make that up. <laughs> I totaled it. <laughs> now, I'm not saying it was on purpose, people. Now, come on. <laughs> Don't put that on me here. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't fancy. Some parents can do more than others. You understand. Uh, each, each parent is in a different situation and, and can provide a little bit more than others, and that's fine. But parents do what they can. And my dad provided for us as much as he could do. As much as he could, he provided for us and my, our family Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5. I thank the Lord for it. I thank the Lord for it. And, and continues to, to, to provide, uh, my dad. Ephesians chapter 5, please, starting in verse 1. Wow. Boy, you're talking about something that Yeshua did for us. Ooh, he did something for us. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love just as Messiah also loved us. How much did he love us? He gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. Wow. <sighs> Man, how meaningful is this to you and me? Yeshua sacrificed himself for us. He offered up himself a sacrifice for you and me. How can you even conceptualize such a thing? You know, if, if somebody that you know gave up themselves for you, you would never forget, never forget about it. You, you, would, you would have it forefront in your mind the rest of your life. I mean, that, that's the reality of it. This is what Yeshua did. He was our sacrifice. He sacrificed himself for us. Think about that for just a minute. God loves us so much that he literally sent his son to be a sacrifice for us. That's the amount of love that God has for you and me. It's mind-boggling. I don't completely understand it. Yes, uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm the, here speaking. I'm, I'm, I'm the rabbi here. I don't completely understand it. It's above my pay grade to understand that kind of love, how he could give of himself like that. He certainly did not need to. Are you kidding me? Especially considering how we treat him. 
sacrificial. There's, there's no, that's such an understatement. It doesn't even reach it. It's so beyond that. It's, it's, it's pure love to, to, to offer himself up as a sacrificial atonement for us. Why? So he could restore relationship with us. Really? I mean, I know some of you. and I... <laughs> Listen, you could say the same about me. No problem. Listen, what kind of love is this? He is willing to sacrifice that which is most precious to him out of his love for us. This is so very sacrificial in every way. And we should emulate this love, the scripture says, by being sacrificial to others as well. See, this is part of what we're called to do is also. Not an easy call for us, high standard for sure. We're never maybe gonna reach that ourselves, but that's what we should be aspiring to. That kind of sacrificial love. Like many, like many dads, <laughs> the holidays, his birthday, Father's Day have always been a little bit hard for us, our family, and my dad. Why? We never know what to get him. I mean, am I right, siblings? We, we never know what to get the guy. And I'm not just talking about lately. I'm talking about his whole life. What do, you, what do we get that? I mean, it's like, man, there's got to be these three things. It's like birthday, holidays, Father's Day. You're supposed to get your dad some kind of a gift. Man, that's a, that's a lot for a guy who's like, what would you like then? <laughs> I don't even know what language that is. I don't know. It's some kind of very old Yiddish or something. I don't know. <laughs> we never know what to get him. He never seems to want anything. He never seems to want anything. He never has. But he loves to give. He loves to give. He loves to give sacrificially. You know, I remember back in his corporate days, before he was rabbi, he used to, he used to get up uh, 4.30 in the morning, five days a week for work. That's pretty early. But yet I remember him being willing to throw the ball with me, you know, in the backyard or, or helping teach me to ride a bike. I recall uh, playing racquetball with him even back in the day. and uh, <laughs> Now, the, there, there was this one time where, uh, where we were on the racquetball court together, and, uh, and I was probably, I don't know, maybe 14, and, uh, and he was like, okay, let's go, let's go, okay. And so he's there, and, and he's ready, and he's kind of, you know, you have a front and back kind of position generally in racquetball or when you're going. So he was kind of in that middle position. He was getting ready to hit the ball, you know, and I, for whatever reason, the ball came to me, and man, I'll never forget, man, I'm like, ooh, boy, this is, I got it, I got it, and I, oh, man, I'm talking about a 14-year-old boy, I, I was strong, too, you know, and I whipped that racket, bam, I hit that ball so hard, and I'm telling you, as he's watching the wall, that ball just goes, nee, boom, around the back of his head. <laughs> he did not see, he did not see it coming, Ben, I'm telling you what, he was there with his racket and suddenly he just gets hit right in the back of the head and stumbles forward. And he looks at me and says, hey, man, what was that all about? Honestly, I'm like, oh, you know, you just, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> you just, just accidentally killed my dad. What did I do? I did, the racquetball, no less. It's a, 
doesn't even look good, you know? <laughs> I didn't, wouldn't, couldn't look good. But anyway, but the point is, is that he was okay, thank God. But <laughs> listen, in different ways and in different ways with, with each of us, he's been willing to sacrifice for us, whether it's, whether it's being kind, even in his older years, he's been sacrificially giving and kind to us in that way. Mm. John chapter 13, please. John 13. Yochanan. In Yeshua's final Passover Seder, which is known as the Last Supper, but it was his final Passover Seder, Yeshua would teach a very important lesson in humility and servanthood by washing the feet of his Talmudim, his disciples, right? So what does he do? This is, this is a very famous story. You're familiar with the story. He washes their feet, which freaks them out, understandably, really. And, uh, and there's some debate with Peter, as there always seems to be. Peter, 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 Peter. <laughs> and then eventually Yeshua gives them the lesson of the story, the moral of the story. John 13, 13, it says this. Yeshua says, you call me teacher and master. And rightly you say, for I am. So if I, your master and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example. You should do for each other what I've done for you. Wow, so he rightly tells us Yeshua rightly tells us that he is our teacher. He says, you call me teach. Other translations of the word, uh, other translations of the scriptures use the word rabbi. You call me rabbi and master, and you, rightly you say so. And that's also a good translation. If you look at the, if you look at the Greek, rabbi literally means my teacher. So much of what Yeshua did here on this earth was to teach his Talmudim. Friends, if you've ever read the New Covenant and read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read about Yeshua constantly, constantly doing one thing. He's constantly in a state of teaching. He is teaching, he's teaching, he's teaching. He's teaching his disciples but he's teaching us also, right? Through the whole stories, through the word, through, through, through his disciples, through what happens to him. He's teaching. He was a rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. He was a, he was a master rabbi. Uh, and, his, and his disciples, if you read throughout the scriptures, frequently called him rabbi. Teacher, teacher. Why? Because he taught them so much. He was, he was an amazing Rabbi. And all that that entails, being a teacher. Well, you know, you know my, my dad taught me a great deal. He taught me a great deal from fishing to baseball to the importance of saving money. <laughs> Most importantly, he taught me the word of God and the importance of being faithful to the Lord. That's one of the things that my dad taught me right, and my, and my family. And beloved, I cannot tell you how important it is to teach your children spiritually. You may teach them the ABCs, 
and the one, two, threes, and how to add two plus two, and how to say certain words. But beloved, if you're a parent, our responsibility is to teach them spiritually as well. This is of critical importance. It's, it's, it's one of, if not our highest calling here on this earth, uh, is to teach our children. And one of the most important ways you can teach them is, is through your own example. Sometimes you're teaching them by telling them, but more often than not, you're teaching them by them seeing what you do. This is part of teaching our children. This is why things like coming to God's house regularly, including our midweek Tuesday night scripture study, is so important. Why praying for our children is so important. Why showing them what it means to be a godly person through our interactions with other people and in the car and when other people outside the family don't even see your teaching. That's of such critical importance to exemplify godly behavior. My, my dad tried his best to teach us. Was he perfect? Not at all. Is he perfect? Not at all. He, he, he would be the very, very first person to tell you that he failed many, many, many times. Things that he has great regrets of. He failed plenty of times, honestly. But friends, he, t- he taught us as much as he could. And beyond this, I have to say also, he was also my rabbi. <laughs> you know, you think about that as, okay, yeah, he was my dad, but he was, he was my rabbi also. I was a member here <laughs> for decades under his leadership, if I could put it that way. I was a member just like you're sitting out here or, or watching online. I was a part of the congregation and did not aspire to, to stand behind this, this pulpit like this. Okay, and so, and so I was a member of the congregation under his leadership too. I calculated that I heard well over 1,500 of his sermons. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. But 1,500, I learned a great deal from my rabbi. I learned so much about the word of God, you know? I learned so much about faith. I I, I learned about truth. Uh, I learned some amazing stories, so many practical applications, so much of probably what you hear here are things that I heard then here. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Uh, and, so, uh, and so he was a teacher of mine also and taught me very much. And I value and appreciate it. First John chapter three, please. First John chapter three. First John chapter three, starting in verse one. Listen to this. <laughs> See how glorious a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Loved ones, now we are God's 
children. God calls us his children. I want you to weigh into this for just a minute. I am a son, not thee. I am a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Think about what that means. You are a child of God. This is how glorious a love that our Father has given us, has given you. Okay, I want you to listen. I know that you're listening to the message and it's, and no, I want for you to really just stop and think about it for just a minute, how intimate that is. This is, this is kind of a whole nother level, y'all. The creator of the universe is telling us that we are his children, that he is our father. How intimate, how special that is. I mean, we're talking about mishpacha here. The creator of the universe that we are his children. Let me tell you something. <laughs> My dad could be a strong judge. With that booming voice, he could be very intimidating at times. My dad was a provider. He took care of me and my siblings to the best of his abilities. He still provides me with encouragement and love. My dad sacrificed for me, giving of himself even when he was tired, working long hours and giving me and my family the best that he could. My dad was an amazing rabbi to me. He taught me so much about God and he taught me so much about life. But at the end of the day, the title for my dad that is most meaningful to me is father. Because that's my dad. And the reason that he is all of these other things to me is because he's my dad. Beloved, all too often, I think that we don't think of God as our father. We think of him more so in these other roles. We think of God more as the judge or as our provider or as someone who sacrifices himself for us or God who is our teacher or God who is holy or God who is king or, or maybe just simply God, almighty God. 
And he is all of those things and much more as well. He is. But I would posit to you, friends, that to really, really get God, you really have to think of him as a father. You really have to think of him as your father. As a dad who cares for you. As a dad who disciplines you. As a dad who wants to spend time with you. As a dad who hurts when you hurt. Is there for you when you need him. Why? Because he's dad. When you start understanding him as your dad, as your father, you will better understand the relationship that God really wants with you. Let's conclude by looking at Romans 8. Romans 8. Hmm. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this For all who are led by the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall again into fear. Rather, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Wow. The word tells us that we should cry out, Abba, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, is as intimate as it gets. Strong's Concordance calls it an affectionate term of endearment for father. When Yeshua was here on this earth, he would have called his earthly father, Joseph, Abba. I've always read that passage and, and wondered, are they both there in the Greek, or is that just kind of like a double translation? No, they're both there. Both words are here in the text. We cry out, Abba, Father. Friends, is this how you perceive God? Do you perceive God as your Abba, as your Father? Isaiah, Yeshayahu, calls God his Father when he prays. Even when Yeshua teaches us how to pray and he's teaching us how to pray he starts our father this is most prominently how he wants us to relate to him 
What an honor. What an honor. Friends, if you look at God this way as your Abba, if you really look at God this way, you will want to please him. Much like you want to please your dad who loves you. You'll obey him because you know how much he loves you. You'll receive discipline from him because you know that your daddy only has your best interests at heart. You trust him. You'll ask him to forgive you because you know how well the father treats the prodigal son. And you'll want to spend more time with him because nothing is more special than getting to spend time with your dad that loves you so much that he gave everything to be with you. So on this Father's Day weekend, I want to encourage you to see God, the creator of the universe, as Abba, as your father who loves you more than any other and who just wants for you to love him back. It can change everything for you. The title of my message is Abba. (laughs) Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If that's you and you've never said a prayer to turn your life over to God to receive his Messiah, if that's you, lift your hand and we'll have a simple prayer if you've never said that prayer before but you want to give your life to God. If that's you, don't let anything get in your way. What a wonderful opportunity straight from heaven. He loves you that much, big time. Maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast. You've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. Say the simple prayer. Repeat these words after me. God will change you. You'll be transformed. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. Abba Father. (laughs) That's why we say Avinu Shabbat Shemaim, our Father in heaven. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you, God. I accept Yeshua into my heart right now. Please forgive me of my sins. I live the rest of my days for you. I believe Yeshua is risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God, for his sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and that I can call you Abba in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email so we can celebrate with you. Or if you're here, see me after the service. We want to just rejoice with you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. 
If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Shalom.